This is the What's Next podcast, Houston's number one platform where I invite creatives to share their journeys and give us a depiction of their visions. Most importantly, the last question I'll ask is, what's next? Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Dear John, the iconic legend Quincy Jones said, to know where you came from makes it easier for you to get where you're going. Sean Diddy Combs said, everyone has challenges and lessons to learn. We wouldn't be who we are without them. If 2018 and the last six years taught you something, it's that anything is attainable with the right focus and determination. Continue to build. Continue to promote your vision. Continue to inspire creativity and make more creatives. In closing, Nas said, no ideas original. There's nothing new under the sun. It's never what you do, but how it's done. The first chapter of your vision's movements is done. However, you're still a visionary. Peace and blessings. John Rawls. Yo, I feel like 95, Sachi on my body, Biggie, Jigger, Puffy, all that ballin' is a hobby, and I'm wildin' in my wild. Houston, Texas, welcome back to episode number 33 of the What's Next podcast, a production of Steve Visionary Inc. Dog, I saw you jamming to that song, man. You remember them guys from, from college? I do remember them guys from college. No doubt, no doubt. Hey, um... Pierre, man, welcome to the podcast. Before we get started, I want to introduce our social media handle so we don't have to disrupt the flow of the conversation when All we right. get to that point. Go ahead, go ahead. And I can be fine. I keep it simple. Right? Okay. Twitter, Instagram, they're both the same. At Mr. Pierre Simon. Okay. That's at Mr. Pierre Simon. That's okay. M R P I E R R E S I M O N. Okay. Been the same. Okay. Gotta and have it. A website? You know, the website is coming. That's www.com. PierreSimon.com. You don't mind if I put it on the on the oh, show? No, okay. No, no, no. And you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at John Ross Dyke. By the way, my name is John Ross Dyke the first, and you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at John Ross Dyke and still underscore visionary. If you would, connect with me on LinkedIn, subscribe to my YouTube channel, like my fan page on Facebook, and visit my website at stillvisionary.com. Doc, how you doing? Man, listen, I'm going to tell you like this. If I was any better, man, I'd be in Utopia, man. No doubt. <laughs> I mean, any better, I mean, you might as well go ahead and put a little halo over it, man. I'm in heaven, man. I'm, listen, I'm, man, it, it's been such a long time since we sat across from each other yeah. and talked, man, and uh, to a great episode. I'm, I'm ready to get to it, man. Tell me what you did, man, right after you graduated from college. Ooh, ooh, right after graduation. Well, you know... Um, as soon as I graduated, okay. all that schooling, just come out, went straight into the workforce. Okay, couldn't tell me I wasn't rich. Mm -hmm. Was making a whopping thirty nine k a year, <laughs> crushing it before taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Staying back at home with the folks, yeah. you know. I mean, just crushing it, man. Mm -hmm. Couldn't tell me I wasn't rich. Mm -hmm. I was living the dream, just a young twenty two year old tyke, mm -hmm. you know making his way in the world. Mm -hmm. 
I started working for a medical device company. Mm-hmm. 12 years later, I'm still with the same company, making it happen, moving all over the place. Promotions here, promotions there. But, you know, it's just been great, man. I, I left Houston, moved to Dallas, be closer to the folks, man. And mm-hmm. It's been amazing ever since, man. Okay, you know? so you, you originally from Dallas? No, I'm originally from Houston. Okay. But see, my, my, my parents moved to Dallas to be closer to my dad's mom. Mm-hmm. She was getting older and... So they moved to Dallas, and they knew I was graduating. They wanted to be closer to his family. So, you know, when I finished college, a buddy of mine called me and said, hey, I work for this company. I said, who? He told me the name. I had never heard of him before. Mm-hmm. Looked him up, quick Google. They uh, interviewed me on a Tuesday, offered me on a Wednesday, started on a Thursday, moved on a Friday, mm-hmm. went to work on that following Monday. Mm-hmm. Happened quick, man, but mm-hmm. that's how things work sometimes. What part of the city are you from? Oh, man, you know I'm from the niggity north now. <laughs> Come on now. What high school you went to? Westfield High School. Okay. Hold up, Mustangs. <laughs> the real Mustangs. So as far, opposed to who? As opposed, you know, I got a buddy, man. I, you know, I don't want to put him out like that, but, you know, he went to North Shore. They call it the show. You know, they they are the, I call them the ponies, but they're the Mustangs too. But, you know, there's only one true Mustang, Westfield Mustangs. Yeah. Shout out to Class of 03 Westfield Mustangs. Okay, I came out of 03 from Booker T. Washington. Yeah, okay. okay. We, we okay. get down with Booker T. Okay, okay. Yeah. So um, you go to U of H, you come in the summer of 2003, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are you studying there? You know, I've, I was always a nerd, as I'm sure you remember. Mm. You know, I always loved the studies. Uh, so I started in finance because mm-hmm. I'm a numbers guy. I love numbers. Uh, but it wasn't enough. I needed something more. So I found out that it would only take me four additional classes to have a second major. Okay. So I took those four additional classes over the summer and got a second major in marketing. Okay. But I wasn't happy yet. I, I, I knew there was something else. So I actually did a study abroad program over in Prague, Czech Republic, uh, studying economics, international economics and mm-hmm. And so I got a third major there and absolutely loved it. I mean, just loved it. It was phenomenal. Not only being in Europe, getting that travel bug for the mm. first time, because that was my first time out of the country. Mm. And I'm telling you, man, it was absolutely amazing. Now, they only had one KFC, mm. but I ate there every day and, you know, they got to know me pretty well. So, you know, <laughs> we, we, we made it happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but it was, then I came back, man, and, Continue playing football, and that was, you know, how that was. Mm. That was amazing in his own right. Mm. And then, you know, graduated and took my place in society. Mm. That's where, that's where it is. I, I, I think I vaguely remember that you were a, a collegiate a- yeah, athlete. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to the Cougs, man. Guys, yeah. you know, the yeah. Cougs, Class of 03, conference champions. No you know? doubt, no doubt. That was, uh, that was an experience as well. Mm. You know, so I entered college. It's funny. I entered college. I think I weighed about 129 pounds, mm. soaking wet. Couldn't buy a pound. Mm-hmm. Started playing football, man, uh, at University of Houston. And my senior year, I weighed in at 183. Mm-hmm. Pure, unadulterated muscle. Just mm-hmm. beef. Mm-hmm. USDA. Mm-hmm. Couldn't buy a pound of fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, still trying to hold on to that, but you know. Yeah. yeah. Got a couple pounds of fat on me. Yeah, because I remember I remember <laughs> you uh, you uh, did the pink and green pageant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember Come you did. Look, I'm going to go in that I, bag. I, you know what, man? I literally said to myself, I said, man, I sure hope he'll bring up that pink and green pageant. <laughs> Didn't you win? You won. I did win yeah, the Mr. Yeah, pink yeah. and green pageant, yeah. man. Yeah. You, know, you know, it's funny because we had the um, the talent portion. Mm-hmm. 
And back then, you couldn't tell me I wasn't Keith Sweat or somebody, mm-hmm. Avon. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's see, that's back in the day mm-hmm. when dudes would just sing to people, sing mm-hmm. to girls. Mm-hmm. That's what we did. Mm-hmm. We just sung to girls. You know, that was our thing. And you know, they asked me to be in the pageant. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. You know, they asked me a question. You know, uh, what does I think the question was a uh, what is the definition of love? Mm. Ooh. <laughs> And then they gave us a week or two to prepare. Come yeah. on, man. You can't, you can't give me a week or two to prepare. Now, you know I'm knocking the socks off, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't remember the whole answer, but I do remember the ending. And it was, uh, the ending was, and remember that the Bible said that God so loved the world that he gave his mm-hmm. only son, mm-hmm. which shows that true love is not taken, but is willing to give and give your all to the one mm-hmm. that you say you love. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm talking about, it erupted, man. Oh, it did. I remember. Yeah. I was I was I was standing in a crowd. Yeah, listen, uh, you know, because your man was in it too. Yeah, Derek. Derek. Yeah. Shout out to Sands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all still cool? Man, I just talked to Sands yesterday, man. We bro, we're still cool. The crew, me, Derek, Internet, mm. Monique. We're still the crew, still cool. We were actually Derek and I were both in Austin uh two days ago. So yeah, man. You know what? Um shout out to D and you know, he he put out a disc record on me. Did he? Years ago. On purpose? Yeah. So this is the thing. A you comical know, one or a real I don't, one? I don't know. Oh, man. Come I mean, on. he put it up, and, and, and I told everybody about it, and yeah. then he took it down. So f- for some reason, I w- you know, I've always been doing my thing like this. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. just want to throw this part in there because I don't think you knew this. I did not. <clears throat> I've always been doing my thing, my independent thing. Right, 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 right. So D came to my apartment one year, and he was like, I want you to manage me. Because you remember he had, he had yeah. started to rap right. and do all of that. Rap, poetry and stuff. Yeah. And so um, he came to my apartment. We sat in the living room. We were talking, right? And I don't know if Phil remembers this story. But it quickly went from I want you to manage me to I just need you to just be there. So he was telling me I need I got I got this, I got this, I got this, I got this, I got this. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, well, what do you need me for? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is the time period. I think I had thrown that talent show at U of H. Yeah, 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 yeah. And... He we had we had this meeting, but there was no there was no really. I need you to manage me. There was one of those things where I got this, I got this. He started listing all the things he had, and in, in my head I'm thinking, why 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 are we why are we talking about yeah, this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Why, what what's the point in us having this conversation if you're already telling me what you have done? Right. And right. Which, and you know what I'm saying? And so shortly after that, he put a disc record out. Like this a is whole back disc when record. yeah. This is back when Twitter. Used to be the thing, and I think he was on his his Twitter name was uh, eight one seven future something like that. But he put a disc record out, and when I tried that. to when I tried to download it, it was gone. He took it off. So it went up for a set. Yeah, and he backed out. I heavy. think somebody informed me of the disc record. Heavy. <laughs> See, I had no clue. That's heavy. You I'm, know what I'm saying? Now I gotta do some. I gotta get some intel. I gotta collect some intel. <laughs> I mean, at least let me hear sixteen balls or something. I, he probably still got the record though. Oh man, a, a whole this time. You yeah, sure? He did. Yeah, he did. He did. He oh did. man, he did. I, I couldn't. Fit, I couldn't fathom it, but uh, he did. Well, you Listen, know, I, you know, I say if, if Drake and Meek can, you know, men fences. Yeah. Guess we all can. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, Burger King and, and Wendy's. They came. They came together, and you know. For real. Yeah, so so it was um Wendy's was doing a whole deal for like um I think it was like child uh cancer. Mm. It was important like, you know, the cause and for a day like Burger King said, We stand with you, we're not going to, 
it was either Wendy's or McDonald's. They were like, we're not going to sell any Whoppers today because mm. we're we're standing with you. It was a it was it was a really cool campaign, man. Mm. Obviously, I don't know all the details behind it, but you know. You said if you and Dre, I said if Drake and Meek, Drake and Meek, yeah, okay, they can make okay. them can, yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Listen, dog. Um, creativity comes from comes from experiences. Yes. Okay. After you graduated, you're you're doing the whole workforce thing. Yeah. Okay. What do you do after that? So I, I've always been into like creativity and just being open minded and understanding, trying to understand the world, cultures, and people. Like I told you, when I went to Project Republic, it, it was kind of like getting your first tattoo. Once you get one, you just keep getting, keep getting them. For me, it was like once I went to that first country, I had to see more, I had to meet more people. Um, so I, I learned Spanish uh, because I know I knew then that once. One day I wanted to live in another country, Spanish-speaking country, and, and run that country for my company. But more importantly, I wanted to be able to communicate with the people. You know, there are a few things that actually connect people worldwide, and I'm a strong believer that music is one of them, mm -hmm. food is one of them, language is one of them, mm -hmm. and then culture is something that when you share that with other people, there's just a level of connectivity. So, man, I got the travel bug, man, and I just started traveling. Mm -hmm. I mean, I probably went to maybe 40 different countries before I was 30. Mm. And I just, once I started, I couldn't stop, man. And it was just, I remember one one trip, I was in Panama over, over New Year's. And, and I think I didn't speak one word of English for like five or six days. Mm. And I was just with the people, you know, I ended up getting robbed on that trip, which was interesting, but mm. uh, I was just with the people and, you know, hiking and, and hanging out with the people, learning their culture and, it, it was just amazing, man. Mm. So I went from from college to in the corporate world, and then I started traveling, and I started to mix the two. Mm. Uh, and that was really one of the catalysts, uh, if not the catalyst, for for the book. Mm. Uh, and, and in the book, there, there's a lot of experiences from traveling and, and, and people that I met and I spoke with and experiences from, be, from being on a plane or something that I witnessed uh, while I was out of the country. But, you know, I, I had that bug then. I still have it now. And, man, I, I just encourage everyone, man, you don't have to go to 50 countries before you're 50, you know. And, and that's one thing I will say, sh social media has kind of taken away from traveling, the experience of just being in the moment. Mm. Now everyone has to post a picture for the shot. You know, and, and I'm all for it. You know, I'll take a good picture here and there. Um, but sometimes, man, just sitting there on the Great Wall of China, and just looking out and just being amazed at not only what mankind can do, but look at all these cultures, experiences in this now, which would not have been just 50 years ago. It's mm. amazing, man. So you say you learned Spanish. Where you learn Spanish at? So, uh, yo aprendí español con uno programa que se llama Rosetta Stone. Mm. Y uh, yo fui a otros países para practicar con personas que hablan español porque en Texas es muy difícil para sí. hablar porque uh, nadie aquí habla español correcto. So I, I, I studied Spanish with a program, Rosetta Stone. Greatest purchase of my life. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, plugging them, but greatest purchase of my life because I, I, I really begin to engulf myself uh, and surround myself with the program. Mm -hmm. It was in my car, on my iPad, on my phone, mm -hmm. on my computer at home. And then I went to other countries to practice my Spanish with people mm. that, that spoke Spanish just because, I mean, here in Texas, people speak a little Spanish, but it's mm. always un poquito. Yeah. So 
for me, you know, if I wanted to do it, I wanted to do it right. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I will one day live in another country and yeah. live the dream. So I got to have that yeah. language. Yo estudié español en, en la escuela. Oh, come on now. Yeah, come so, on. so uh, yeah, I studied there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in, in, in mi trabajo. Okay, yeah. Yo enseño matemática en español. Oh, come on now. You know what I'm saying? So I, I speak Spanish in school, yeah. teach math in Spanish. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you said that, I, you know, I want to make sure you you said it yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before I start. Hey, yeah, people are like, yeah, yeah, I speak Spanish. Uh, man, y'all move. Nah, man, we going in. Yeah, man. Um, so, uh, you know, when I was, I, you know, I bought the book online. Yeah. Right? And I um I looked at the titles. I read your, uh the preface. Yeah. And then I got into the first chapter, right? And I could tell... Well, I was thinking, man, this has got to be like a memoir of 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 um, experiences. Yeah, yeah. So when you say that you um, traveled the world, I could kind of feel that in the in a little portion that I read. Yeah, yeah. Now, I texted you yesterday, and I want to be completely transparent. Yeah, I am a terrible reader. Me and you both. And I and and we had communicated early on this week, and you had said something like. Uh, I'm just gonna put it out there. Go you had said, "Do you want to go off the dome or do you want to reference the book?" And I said, "I'm gonna read the book." But then last night I texted you, and I'm like, "Hey man, I ain't read the book." Yeah. But when I was thinking about the direction of this of this episode specifically, it's not so much about uh, what's in the book. I leave I leave you to tell that. Yeah. It's more so much about the steps towards writing a book. Yeah, yeah. Because I had, um, you remember? I mean, Goku's. I had. Um, Monique Duke. Yeah, yeah. On here. Uh she's since been married. Monique uh Aboye, I think it is. I'm sorry, Monique, if I mispronounce your last name. And um she's an author too. Yeah. Right. So uh let's 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 go into the book. Let's so you start writing. So what is the first experience that, that had you write down the first or or think, okay, I want to put this down in a book? So so I moved um in working with my company, I got promoted and I moved from, <clears throat> excuse me, I moved from Dallas, Texas to San Francisco, California, which as you know, California and Texas could not be further apart from each other, mm. both physically as well as just from a thought process. Culture too. Oh yeah, super different, man. But you know, uh, I wanted to challenge myself in my career to, to do something different, to step outside of my comfort zone. So I moved to California, no friends, no family, and I'm just there, man. I'm talking about I come home from work, and I'm staring at four walls, just staring at them. And, man, I woke up one day. It was a Saturday morning, and I said, you know what? I got to get out of the house, man. I got to do something. So I said, I'm going to drive down to Santa Cruz, which is about an hour and a half, hour and change, and I'm going to just go have lunch on the pier. So I'm sitting there, and I'm having lunch on the Mm. pier, man, and it's amazing how things happen. And I'm all of, I'm a big believer in, you know, listening to the universe and, and inspiration. When it hits, you gotta be you gotta be ready to listen. So I'm sitting there and I'm having lunch on the pier, and this fisherman he pulls his boat in. I knew you were going there. Yeah, I got to give it. <laughs> I, I, hey, you know, <laughs> I got to give it. I'm sure. I knew you were going there. Go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead. You know, Go ahead. You know. So he and and stop me if you have any questions. He pulls his boat in and. And he goes through his ritual, which obviously he's done a million times. Mm-hmm. He's cleaning he's cleaning his catch. He cuts the head off, he cuts the tail off, he flicks them both over the over the bow into 
into the water or into the dock and he fillets the fish and he puts the filleted fish into his cooler. As he's doing this, a band of seals, they swim up, they hop on the dock, um, some seagulls, flock of seagulls, they, they swoop down. And every time he throws the head or the tail, and every now and then he'll throw them a fish. You know, they're eating, they're fighting for the food. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. This is literally the circle of life happening right in front of me. Mm. Man catches the fish, man cleans the fish, man mm -hmm. throws the fish to the seals and the, and the seagulls. Mm -hmm. And they're fighting for the food. I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And then I look and I see two little small seagulls standing outside the fray. Because I'm talking about these... These seagulls and seals, man, they're fighting for the food. Mm -hmm. These two little small birds that are just sitting outside, just chilling, waiting. I'm like, man, I know they got to be hungry. But if they would have went in there, they're, they're dead. They would become the food. Mm -hmm. So they're sitting tight, and the fisherman, he finished cleaning his fish, and, and he takes his cooler. He hops off the boat. Let me dry the boat. He hops off the boat, and he walks off into the sunset. And eventually the band of seals, they swim off. The seagulls, they fly off. And everyone has eaten except these two little birds. And I'm watching them, thinking to myself, what are they going to do? Mm. They've been waiting patiently. And so the two little birds, they hop on the boat, and they're searching frantically, trying to find food. And I don't know why this stood out to me, but I'm just watching it. I'm like, okay, cool. They've been patient. I really hope they find food. I'm pulling for them. Mm. <laughs> I'm pulling for them. Please yeah. let them find food. So yeah. they find the head of a redfish. They take the head of a redfish, and they... They take it and they hop back on the dock. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. And they're eating in perfect unison. So one is eating and the other one's watching out for, for larger prey. And then they switch off. The other one eats. The other one watches out. I'm like, wow. See, this is it. Patience is a virtue. Mm -hmm. And it does pay off. Mm -hmm. But there was more to be seen. Okay. You know? That was more to be seen. Out of nowhere swoops. The largest seagull I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. He swoops down. He's flapping his wings. He squawks, squawks, squawkity. And, and sure enough, the two little seagulls, they yield the territory. They yield their meal. And they're empty-beaked, empty-bellied yet again. And I'm like, damn. They were patient. They waited their turn. They found food after being patient. And they still got screwed over. This is what I'm thinking here. And I'm like, you know, it's funny because we're always taught that patience is a virtue. Mm -hmm. But what we're not taught is that the true virtue of patience is not gained until we've been patient and your situation may continue to spiral down into a negative manner. Mm. What you do then is what will determine your legacy and how you are remembered and if you obtain the virtue of patience. So so I got two questions for you. Yeah, bring the them up. The first one. The first one is this. <clears throat> did you write down that experience as you were watching it? I did not. Okay. But I remembered every piece of it. Okay. Because because the reason why I'm saying that is because the story you just told right now yeah. is exactly what you wrote in the book. Yeah. And what I did is I split up the story. So the, the part that I just told, that's the beginning. Yes. How it ended is actually at the end of the book, and I encourage... Uh, the readers do not skip ahead. Okay. Sit tight. Okay. Yeah. I okay. Say, I say sit tight. Don't skip ahead because you're going to have a treat. Okay. How it actually ends and what happens to the birds after they lost their food, I draw the parallel to us. Okay. It wasn't until a few weeks later I was sleeping and I woke up at maybe 2 a.m. Mm. just for no reason. 
and the story was just in my mind. It was on my heart, and I just felt the need to write it. Mm. I woke up, and I just felt the need to write it. I grabbed a pen, I grabbed a little black notebook, and I just started writing. Mm. I started writing the story, mm. right, in every piece of it. Okay. And that's how I started to write the book. Okay, so you answered the question, of uh, the second question I was going to ask you, um, and you answered two questions, actually. I'll bring that question up later. Yeah. But the second question is, how was that story pertinent to you? So the story was pertinent to me because, and not just me, but all of us, we've we've all faced situations where we've been patient and we patiently waited for our opportunity and looked like that opportunity presented itself. And so we went to seize the day. Mm -hmm. We went to seize the opportunity. And as soon as we go to seize the opportunity, the chair may be pulled from out from under us. And we're like... What happened? So this little small, you know, example of these birds, but more importantly, how the two responded. And they both responded differently. And I'll give it away. I'll give it away. Because the reader, you're going to get it. Do you, do you want to? or No, nah, don't give it don't away. Give it away. Don't, don't give it away. Don't give it away. Don't give it away. Don't, 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 away. Don't, don't give it to Don't give it away. Because I want to read it. Yeah, I want to yeah, read it. I'm going to read, gonna gonna read it. It's a short read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the second question I was going to ask you, is because the first thing I did was I looked um, at your... Um, titles, right, right, okay, right. and I, I I looked to see which one stood out to me. Yeah, right. You had uh, three, two, one, zero. Yeah, one of my faves. You had um um um, damn it. You had um, what if versus what is, yeah. which we'll talk about because I really want to talk about that it's one. Heavy. And then you had you had uh you had a uh, um um, what is it? Destruction or uh something? You were you paralleled. The noun to a woman. What was yeah, it? What was it? Was it was defeat. Defeat. Have, you seen, have her? you seen her? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, let me just pick which one. I just want to jump into one. Yeah. Right. And so I jumped into one, and then I saw the title of a previous chapter. So, so I said to myself, Nah, you know what? I might have to read it in yeah, order. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why? Why? Why do you think that reading it in order is is the thing to do? So I'll say it should be read in order. One because the first story is split up. Okay. Uh, so you don't want to skip around there. Uh, you definitely want to start from the beginning. But the experiences that led to the book, though they were not all in order, I never wrote one word in this book, Jay, unless I felt inspired. Okay. I That's important. Yeah. I distinctly remember, man. And so I, so I wrote the book o for over 10 years. Mm. And when I tell people that, the book is only about 105, I don't even, 104 103, page, 103 pages. pages. Um, when I tell people that I wrote it over 10 years, they're like, wait, but it's it's only 103 pages. And I tell them, I agree, because it could have been 8,000 over 10 mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. I never wrote one word unless I felt a sense of inspiration. I distinctly remember it was 3.43 in the morning in San Francisco. And at this time, I hadn't written for maybe four or five months. I just didn't feel inspired to write. But it was 3.43 in the morning. I woke up, and I don't know why, but I just felt inspired. And I was so excited to be writing again because I hadn't written in months. I felt inspired, and I grabbed my pen. I grabbed the same notebook. And, man, I wrote one sentence, and the inspiration went away. Mm. But that one sentence was one of the most dynamite sentences I have ever written in my life. Do you remember? I don't remember exactly what that sentence was, but the reason why... I believe that the book is getting such great feedback. And even when I read it, I'm like, 
I can't believe that I actually wrote that. I believe it's getting such great feedback because I don't think it was just written from me. I truly believe that I, I was inspired by a higher power when I was writing and I listened and I paid attention to the universe and I wrote only when I felt inspired to mm. write. Mm. And so that's why I, I don't say it took me 10 years to write the book. I say I wrote this book for 10 years. Mm. And even when it came to publishing the book, I refused to publish it until I knew that I had a sign that now it's time to publish it. And that story is amazing. Okay. Which I'm sure we'll get to. Yeah, we're going to get to it. So yeah. um, what is your favorite chapter in the book? Oh, man, that's heavy. Come on, man. Don't do it to me, man. Because, you know, my, that's, that's, that's so heavy because I like them all for different reasons. Um, it's almost like each chapter itself is a, is a book, a short mm. story, a short mm -hmm. book. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you got a gun to my head and I have to choose one, let me get a quick, let me get a quick, <laughs> a quick flip a room here. Let me, if I have to choose I'm, one. I'm looking in the book myself. Oh, that's heavy. Okay. If I have to choose one, I'm going to go with 3210. Okay. Why? So 3210 is about everything in life, including life itself, the clock will always tick down to zero. Mm -hmm. How we live those tickings of the clock, that is what will determine and cement your legacy for years, for decades, for lifetimes to come. Mm. You know, when we think about uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, and by the way, I hate when people call him Martin Luther King because he's Dr. Martin Luther King. Mm. Got to keep the respect on his name. That reverence. Got to. When we think about Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, John F. Kennedy, the Gandhis of the world, when we think about these people, the reason why their legacies are cemented forever, it is not just what they did or even how they did it. It's the why behind what they did. Mm. So what they did is they, they they committed themselves and were willing to die for a cause to progress a cause forward. They didn't look at, at the life as only a finite life, even though they would leave this earth at some point. But what legacy can I leave that will be infinite, that will continue on for years and lifetimes to come? And 3210 implores people to take ownership of their lives mm. because you really have a choice. If you want to do something, you can take ownership and choose to move forward with no promise of victory. Or you can stay and sit, remain complacent in 5, 10, 15 years can go by. And you can wake up at year 15 in one day and say, I wish I would have. Mm. I, wish I, I wish I would have made the decision. And the beautiful thing about life that I love is, you know, when we think about failure, it's you can set your heart to do something with no promise of victory. Mm -hmm. And you may fail, but you also may not. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love 3210 so much. It, mm -hmm. it challenges people to step outside of their comfort zone. And just like the phoenix, the mythical creature, the phoenix, face your biggest challenge head on. Look that person in the mirror who we see every day and say, I will not be defeated by you. Mm -hmm. I'm here. And we moving. Mm. You got to serve notice sometimes even to yourself. So if you got a gun to my head, mm. <laughs> I, I will choose that chapter. And I apologize to the other chapters. I love y'all. 
but three two one zero is special to me. Okay. So, um, dog, one thing I want to ask you. I'm reading the title of the book. Yeah, right? yeah. The Flight of the Phoenix. Why? What is it about the Phoenix that you decided to name that your book? Yeah, man. I, I've always been just intrigued by that story of the Phoenix. I mean, we know it's a mythical creature, uh, but the thing that was amazing is whether Egyptian, Roman, Greek, mm-hmm. regardless of how the story may have altered a little bit, they all it all led to the same thing, which the phoenix represented a creature that faced the ultimate challenge, the ultimate obstacle, death. It prepared for that death properly, and it died to itself, went up in flames, and every single piece of the phoenix was engulfed by that flame all the way down to the talons. Mm. But because it died to itself, because it died and faced that ultimate challenge, it rose from the ashes and gained the reverence over life of resurrection, strength, renewal, mm-hmm. rebirth. And I draw that parallel to our lives because there will be things that we face in life that we have to face head on, and we may not win. In fact, there are times that we will have to die, even to ourselves, even to our own fears. And we just have to give in and face those fears and die to them in order to rise again like the phoenix. The beautiful thing about the phoenix is when it died and came back, its plumage was brighter. The fire in its wings and its tails, according to the legend, they burned brighter and longer. It flew higher and faster. And that's kind of like us when we face things and when we go through things in life, we can look back and we can learn from those things and we can live stronger. We can say, I made that mistake, but I'm going to grow from that. I learned from that. Now I'm stronger. Now I'm better. Mm. Just like you. This is episode what? 32? 33? 33. Yeah. Episode 33. I guarantee you can look back at episode one and see how you've grown. Mm. You, but you had that's to. That's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> you, you had to take some criticism. You had yes. to take, hey. That was okay, but I could have done that better. Even down to the audio, the visual, the mm-hmm. setup, the mm-hmm. questions that you ask. Mm-hmm. You had to learn from that. And now, man, you're soaring, you're touring, you're in L.A. And and I guarantee episode 300 will be better than episode 33. Mm. Because you're going to die to episode 33. And you're going to rise again all the way to episode 300. Mm. And 300 is going to knock him off. Mm. Just like <laughs> the movie 300. This is Sparta. <laughs> <laughs> this is what's next. Come on now. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, where can we get the book? Because I got the book. Yeah. I have an iPhone, but you know, everybody, everybody ain't up on that. Yeah. Where can we get the book? You know, that's one of the things I love about my publisher, man. They made sure that the book is everywhere. So you can get the book on freezingpress.com, mm-hmm. Amazon.com, mm-hmm. Barnes and Nobles, Nook, Kobo. Uh, Apple iTunes slash Apple iBooks. Mm-hmm. I mean, anywhere that you can purchase a book online, it is available. If you want a hard copy that's signed, you can DM me at Mr. Pierre Simon. That's M-R-P-I-E-R-R-E-S-I-M-O-N. I, I ship out hard copies for the exact same price that you would pay online, not trying to get a markup. But it's pretty much everywhere, man. Mm-hmm. Anywhere that Kindle even, mm-hmm. anywhere that you can get a book, you can get it, man. Mm-hmm. It's available. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. What song's on your mind right now? You know, there's a song. Um, it's called "One Man Will Ch- Can Change the World." Mm. I believe it's by Big Sean. Yeah. I'm almost certain. Yeah. It's off of the uh, Duck, not Duck. No. It's off the per- the the. Oh man, the same CD with Dump. Yeah. Dump. Yeah. Yeah. Dump. 
Dun, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's off that CD. I can't think of it. It's uh, uh, Paradise, something like that. Yeah. Same one where he had all them hits on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blessings and all, all the other records. Yeah, yeah. That song has, has always stood out to me, man. And not just because I'm a man trying to change the world, but if you listen to the song, he talks about everything. He talks about things that he went through, where he came from. But it's it's about direction. And, you know, sometimes... When we have a, a goal in mind and we want to get somewhere, sometimes you are your only advocate. Mm. You have to be your biggest cheerleader. There will always be naysayers, so sometimes you have to be your only yaysayer. Mm. And, and that song has always been impactful to me. And I probably listen to it 50 times a week. Um, and, I, and I don't even listen to the whole song sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just the, the intro. So it, it's always been impactful to me, man. And the idea of being able to change the world. You know, my, as I was driving here today, one of my mentees texted me, and he just texted me and he said, hey, how was your week this week? Here's a young a young black king, and he just texted me asking me about my week, being able to create those connections and let him know, hey, man, you got, you got at least one person in your corner. Mm. And for me, if I can change his world I can die happy. If I can change one person's world and affect one person positively, the world has changed. I'm good for it. It's crazy, man. I, I got the same type of text message in my DMs Come on, from man. Instagram. Come on. It was a kid that I taught last year, and he sent me a picture of Stephen A. Yeah. Said that Stephen A. had done this, done this, done this, done this, and now his his salary a year is ten million. Yeah. You know, it was a it was a, a meme. Yeah. And um that he is the number one sports entertainer mm-hmm. in the world, right? Which is which is valid. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, for my song that's on my mind. I'm gonna go with you mentioned the fray. I remember listening to that CD, uh, a pop pop um yeah. pop um pop alternative yeah. um, group. I'm gonna go with a track on their album. Actually, the uh, album the uh, CD titled the fray. I'm gonna go with the fray. And I'm gonna go with Nas off of the Lost Tapes. Uh, no ideas original. Mm, yeah. When I think about that, I think you know. I think a lot of times people are are hindered by the fact that am I doing something that somebody else is doing? Yeah. As opposed to just doing it and taking from what they will, taking from it what they will, and then making it their own. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. No ideas original, and I'm gonna go with the fray because that story that you read, I was, I was like, when I read, when I was reading that story that you wrote, I was thinking to myself, this is just too vivid. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it's two things. Uh, I told Monique in episode number 26 that that um, I had written a book myself, yeah. I, and I'm not gonna say it's a book. I just wrote my thoughts down, and it spanned over 55,000 words. Yeah. And it was an ex- it was a direct experience to me. When I read that that story about the seagulls in the book, man, I was just like, "There's no way that you could be this vivid yeah. about it, and it, and you have not seen it. You got to be there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so when I read that, I was like, I was like, "Damn, the seagulls!" But but yeah, man, I think No Ideas Original and The Fray, man, yeah. are, are the songs that are on my mind right now. All right, oh. so so you wrote the book over ten years. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you wrote the book over ten years. What was the initial thought? Okay, now, now that I've written it, how many drafts did you do for the book? So, so I wrote the book uh, in its entirety over ten years, and I, I never really changed it. 
Okay. But I continued to edit it over and over and over okay. Uh, okay. because I, I, I knew that one day I would put it out and I didn't want to just put out any kind of product. I wanted it to be right. So, man, I would edit and edit. I mean, I probably took it through 20 edits before I even sent it to the publisher for them to go through three or four edits and then proofs and revisions. So, I mean, the book has been, I mean, worked on over and over. And it's interesting. Every sing, Almost every single time that I found myself editing in the book, I would also find myself in an experience that led to further writing in the book. Almost every single time I found myself editing, mm -hmm. it was always another experience. As I'm editing, I would look up and I would just see something. It, it was amazing how that continued mm -hmm. to happen over mm -hmm. and over. You, oh man, Jesus Christ. You know, one thing that I, I wanna make sure that I say before um, this episode is over is that I just find it so, um, I'm just, What's the word I'm looking for, man? Every time that I've, I, I I see somebody that I knew, um, what are we now? I graduated in 09, so 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. But even still, six years prior to that, yeah. because we were there in 03. Every time I see somebody from college doing, taking on a path of creativity, yeah. after we went to, after we spent four to five years in college yeah. to come out and then join society and be, you know, somebody that's that's bringing, providing something, sub, sub, some substance to society. Right. And I think about their journeys, like your journey, Monique's journey, um, uh, Kalea, Asia, yeah. you know, Janae, all of the people that I've had on the podcast, even prior to those episodes, man. And I'm look, I look at that, and I'm just so, I'm just, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm missing the word, but I sit back and I'm like, damn, they did that. Yeah, that's dope. Man, I appreciate that, man. I mean, I just want to say, man, that uh, when I saw, when I saw your Instagram, and for some reason, you know. You know, it's a popularity thing with uh, with social media. Yeah, yeah. So the people you should be following, you're not always following. But right. when I, I think when I when I saw it, it might have been on Facebook. When I saw it, I rushed over to the DMs. I said, "Hey, podcast, gotta have it, <laughs> gotta have." Because it. I got to hear your story about this. Man. How did you go from you know you playing football in college, uh, you do a pageant and you graduate to this? How do yeah. you? What is that? What does that 16 year span yeah. look like? What does that look like? And so, man, I'm 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 proud to be sitting here. I'm rather I'm honored to be sitting oh, here. Oh man, come on, with you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> my man. One of my frat brothers. Uh, shout out to Clint Brownlow, man. Um, he told me about a backdrop. So when you you brought the backdrop in, I was like, I was wondering, man, is Pierre gonna bring something? I need I need we need yeah, to have yeah. the love. <laughs> we need to have the love here, man. So um. Yeah. So after you get done writing the book and yeah. and 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 you're ready to push it forward. Yeah. What was that like? You know, my sister, um, she would ask, I knew the book was finished, and she asked me probably maybe 3,000 times, when are you going to publish the book? When are you going to publish? And I would always tell her, you know, I don't know when I'll publish it, but I will do it when it's done. And she would say, well, when is it going to be done? And I said, I don't know when it will be done, but I know that I'll know when I know. Because I was always about listening to the universe, listening to inspiration, because if I do it out of me, and I just do it, it, it out of my own thought, then it's mine. It's just me. And so because I waited, one of the most amazing experiences proved to me that it was time to publish now. I was, so you know, I grew up from super humble beginnings. I mean, okay. super humble beginnings. Okay. So when I went to Prague, Czech Republic to study abroad, I mean, I went over with, you know, a couple bucks in the, in the bank account, a couple bucks in the pocket. 
you know, and you know what it was like in college, man. We almost living check to check trying to eat. Refund checks. Yeah. So, you know, I'm there, and as I'm making my way back, the airline Lufthansa went on strike, and I was flying on a buddy pass because my aunt at the time worked for Delta. So now all of those revenue passengers that were on Lufthansa, they rolled over to Delta, so they took all the flights, so I couldn't get home. So here I am stuck in Germany for almost two weeks. Mm-hmm. Long story short, man, I met a guy, this was in 2006, I met a guy and his family who was also stuck because he was a pilot and they were flying, you know, buddy pass as well um, back to the States and they couldn't get out. But they got, they had two seats on a Delta flight. He sent home his wife and one of his daughters. He sent them home and his other daughter and him, they stayed back and, and we just got to know each other. We saw each other every day in the airport trying to get, trying to get home. By this time, I had ran out of money. So, man, I was sleeping and, and showering in the airport. And I would see them every day. And so he came up one day and he said, hey, we're going to go to Berlin. I hear that people are getting out to the States in Ber- in Berlin. So we're going to rent a car and drive to Berlin. And I said, hey, Mitch, I don't have the money to do it, man, or even to change my flight. I'm going to just sit here and take my chance. He said, hey, man, don't worry about it. I'll pay to change your flight. You just hop in with us. Random stranger, man. I hop in with him. We go to Berlin. We can't get out. I have no money. So he puts me up in a hotel, pays for my dinner, the works. And I'm like, man, this guy is just helping out a random stranger. And long story short, we couldn't get out for two, three more days in Berlin. He pays for me, feeds me every day. And then he says, hey, we're going to try to go to Frankfurt. I said, hey, you know, I'm going to sit tight here in Berlin. You know, I can't have you do any more from you've done enough. He said, no, man, listen, come on. So we go to Frankfurt. He's paying for my dinners, my breakfast, put me in hotels. And I'm like, this dude is just random act of kindness to a stranger. We eventually get out and, 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 and we get seats and we get on the plane. And, and I just I thank him. I hug him. I embrace him. And I said, you don't know what you did, but I'm, one day I'm going to tell this story. And I want you to know I want to pay you back. He looked me in the eyes and said, you owe me nothing. All you have to do is pay it back to the world. Every chance you get, influence the next person. That stuck with me. Remember, this was 2006. Mm. Remember, I told you he was a pilot. Remember, I told told you that my sister kept asking me, when am I going to publish the book? And I told her, I didn't know when it would be done, but I know that I would know when I knew. 2018, January, I'm flying from Atlanta back to Houston, and I'm just editing it again. We land, um, and as I'm getting my luggage and I'm getting ready to walk out um, to, to get off the plane, uh, I look forward. Now, remember, this is 2018, so 12, 12 years, years after. Later, I look forward, and as the pilot door opens, it's Mitch mm. standing right there at the pilot door. Man, when I tell you, man, and I get goosebumps just talking about it right now, I'm looking, I'm like, is that? And he's looking at me, he's like, "Is man, when I tell you I drop my luggage, I run to him, he runs to me. We embrace each other. We hug the passengers. Just like, wait a minute, what is going on here? Mm. Flight attendants looking like, what's going on here? We hug each other. Man, I almost shed a tear right there. And I said, man, you don't know the impact that you had on a young 21-year-old stranger. You have no clue the impact you had on my life and how I've tried to live a life to positively affect others because of what you did that day. I said, man, that's so much I want to tell you. I wrote a book, 
and, and I didn't know when I could publish it, but I knew that the universe would give a sign. Man, I appreciate you. This is the sign. I called my sister when I when I got off that plane, and I said, it's time. Mm. I'm going to publish it now. Mm. She said, why? I said, I can't tell you why yet because I'm too juiced up right now. Yeah. But it's time. And I met with him. We had lunch, and we talked, you know, and, and I just thanked him. I told him where I am now, and, and that was the moment, man, mm. that I said, it's time to publish it. Mm. So, uh, how did how did you uh, know to pick the publisher you chose? Uh, so, my father is a published author as well, okay. and and, and okay. he helped me with that. Okay. Uh, shout out to Freezing Press. Um, they, they they were just phenomenal, man. The team was just phenomenal. They they took the book, uh, and when they edited it, man, the editor called me and he said. Listen, first off, great job. You have phenomenal content. Okay, he started with love. Yeah, he, he started, he started with, love. with love. Okay. And he said, but this editing process is going to be brutal because you're an author and this is your love. This is your passion project. Mm -hmm. But my job is to make sure how it comes out of your head reads well to others. Yeah. So I'm not going to be your friend in this process. Okay. I said, man, I appreciate it. And trust me, he sliced and samurai diced <laughs> this thing. I'm talking about like Martin, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Man, he sent me back that man. He sent me back that script, and when I said I've never seen more red in my life, shout mm. out to Go Cougs. I mean, <laughs> and we cougar red. I've never seen more red lines, and this is terrible. You, Mister, I said Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> but you know, I gotta give the the freezing press team credit, man, because they're absolutely correct when when they're editing, man. They are making sure that how it's coming out of your head is reading just like that. So a random stranger can pick up the flight of the Phoenix living forward and how it comes out of my head, that's how that they would actually receive it. Mm. So it was a phenomenal process, man. You got to put mm. your pride to the side because mm. they're going to trim the fat. Mm. They're going to trim it. Mm. But you got to be ready for it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Criticism is a tough thing. Yeah, especially when it's your art. Yeah. I, I think I heard um, Erica Badu say, she said, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my sh. Yeah. You know. I am too. Yeah. So I get it, man. <laughs> I but am yeah, too. It was a process, but I loved it, man. Okay, which brings me to this. Um, would you consider yourself an author? And if so, well, after this one makes its run, um, you get what you expect because you have a goal for the book. Yeah. What's the next piece? So, oh, you know what? I don't know if we're that's hold off on that. Yeah, let's hold okay. off on that. Let's hold off on that. Okay, let's hold off on that. Okay, but uh, do I consider myself an author? Yes. You know, so obviously, technically, I am an author. Correct. Um, but I consider myself, and I, and I strive to be an influencer, not like what we see on social media, influencer. Okay. okay. But an influencer of mankind. Yeah. Someone who, when I'm dead and gone. I've changed the world. I've made the world better. Um, when when my when one of my mentees' father texted me and he said, "I just wanted to thank you because you're spending time with my son that you have you don't have to at all, but I can see a change in him and a change in his drive. Like that means so much to me. Mm -hmm. And I tell all of my mentees, I don't want anything from you, but I expect the world for you." And I expect you to give the world your absolute best. Mm -hmm. You know, to this idea of influencing, and we kind of talked about a little of this earlier, there is a story in the book, and it's called The Mile High Pinball. I found myself editing in the book, and 
And I was I bought my flight late, so I was sitting not only over the wing of the plane, but I was also right smack dab in the middle. Now, it never happens where you have the gorgeous Zoe Saldana on your left and, and, and maybe the gorgeous, let's go with, um, who we want on, who we want on the right? You know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go throw it back. I gotta have Haley Berry on the right. Mm, I'm gonna put on the right. Okay. It never happens like that. <laughs> nah, I got Jimbo, and I got uh, and I got Tyrone on the right. <laughs> you know, so you know they taking up all the elbow space, elbows poking out. Shout out to Houston. Yeah. And and so I found myself editing. Uh, and my actual seat man, he's actually in the book. His name is Jake Sloss. I was writing, and I see this woman. She stands up to the subject of influencing and she stands up and I'm kind of people watching and she kind of starts to stumble mm -hmm. so much. So she stumbles and falls to the floor of the plane. Mm. So the problem with writing a book is when you're writing, you always try to find meaning in everything. So mm. I'm ready now. This has to mean something. Mm. And so they get on and say, is there an MD on the plane? Is there a doctor on the plane? Now at this time, I, I'd only watched about four seasons of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. So I wasn't yeah. qualified yet. <laughs> I wasn't qualified yet. That that fifth season, I would have been ready. So I, I didn't hit my ding. I sat down. I, I didn't press the button. I let you know. So a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so a doctor, he actually gets up, and he goes to her aid. Turns out nothing was wrong with her physically. She just had been traveling all day. She was a little exhausted. Hadn't had any water, no food. She stood up too fast. Got a mild case of vertigo. Got dizzy and fell to the floor. So again, here I am, like, damn, this means nothing. Fine. Yeah. I got nothing out of this. I'm like, oh. My seatmate leans over to me and he says, Well, I guess sometimes you just have to get back up. Mm. I looked at him and I said, There That's, it is. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the beauty of that is, and I told him that I would put him in a book one day, and I did. I the beauty of that is sometimes in life we're walking down our journey. Uh, towards success and our, and, our, and our path and sometimes things just happen to us and we always spend time and energy trying to find out why did this happen to me but the truth is sometimes you just have to get back up and continue down your journey of life mm. but to your question of what I consider myself and the reason why I said hopefully an influencer mm -hmm. I began to think about here was one person with absolutely nothing wrong with her yet she had the opportunity and she impacted and influenced almost 200 people in one time point, almost 200 people. And I begin to think to myself per this story, Mal High Pinball, how many people do I have the ability to impact in any given day, in any given moment, either positively or negatively? But then I begin to think about the status of our country. So do this math for me, Jr. Do, do this math for your boy. Okay. okay. So we just this is what we're gonna do, fam. I'm gonna do the math, but yeah. I'm also I'm gonna do it mental math, and okay. then I'm gonna make sure that I and see how close so, you are. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. So, yeah. We're gonna give a test here. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. So it's two of us. So give me two times two hundred, which is about the number of people that she influenced. So two times two hundred. I'm gonna take the two zeros off. That's four four hundred. Okay. Okay. Times three hundred and sixty-five. Hold the two zeros on four hundred. 365, 300 times 4 is 1,200. Okay. 60 times 4 is 240. 5 times 4 is 20. That's 290. That's 12. That's 1490. Okay. And then that's that's 140,090. Okay. If I'm not, let me, let me do that. That sounds good. So here we go with the math. Okay, here we go. Do, do, 2 do, do. times 200 yeah. times 365. 
73,000. Okay. okay. I was off. It was just a little bit. Just no, a, a lot of it. Just <laughs> I had double. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, two times 200. Two times 200. Times 365. Times 365. No, 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 no. You were right. 146,000. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Oh, we. Woo! I know you were. Oh, come on now. So, that's 146,000. Mm-hmm. I take that number because just like this woman who's walking down her path of life and something happened and she just had to get back up, she had the ability to affect 200 people in one sitting. You and I in this room, we have the ability to affect, theoretically, 146,000 people in any given year. I begin to think, how much further would our country be if we all woke up and said, today I'm going to choose to positively affect someone Today, whether that be a handshake, holding the door open, investing in someone, how was your day? How can I be of service to you? A smile. It's something that is so simple. But as we walk down our journeys of life, we have the ability to affect and influence people. That story, and I don't get it perfect every day. Make no mistake, I'm not walking around with big smiles all day, dapping everybody up. But I, I try to live a life where I can influence people positively. And make sure that when I'm dead and gone, that I've left my mark of positive influence and impact on this world. Wow. Damn. Dog, uh, it's an honor. Man, the honor's to, all mine. To man. sit here with you. You know, for me, man, and, and as this podcast grows, I'm getting more and more people that just want to sit down and, and just tell their story. Yeah. Right? And so I'm just grateful that set the pride aside and be like, I wasn't like, man, you know, Pierre need to, he should have known about the podcast. Yeah. He should be reaching out to me. No, 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 no. Man, when I, pre- yeah. when I, when I, when I see somebody that I knew from back in the day, because I think that the connecting factor with it all is that everybody that's been on the podcast, I've had interaction with yeah. in some fashion, whether I've pressed a t-shirt for him, what I went to school with him, where yeah. I, whether I acted across from him, whether I just knew them in passing, we hung out. And to see where you have come since 2003, since I saw you in the pink and green pageant, since we bumped into each other at the wreck yeah, all the, the time. Wreck. You know what I mean? You lived in the towers. Cross, yeah, yeah. Come north or south, south, south Tower. Come south Tower. Come south Tower. You was in North. <laughs> nah, I was in the South okay, Tower Okay, you in the South Tower. Hey, come on now, man. In the South Tower. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, man, it's, it's just an honor to sit here with the published author. Yeah, man. I, you know what I'm saying? I appreciate that, man. That's amazing. So today is October the 5th, 2019. Yeah. Okay, and we have 87 days left in the 2019 year. Yeah. What do you hope to attain in 87 days? So I, I um, at the exact same time that I started this book, I actually started two more books um, as well as a movie. Um and again, I never wrote or did anything in any project unless I felt inspired. So there were days I felt inspired to write in The Phoenix. There were days that I felt inspired to write in one of the other two books. Um, what will happen in the next 87 days is I will probably finish the final rounds of edit with the other two books mm-hmm. and get them in the proof and revision phase mm-hmm. uh, in hopes that they will both be in proof and revision phase by the end of the year and published shortly thereafter, early 2020, uh, which is going to be a great year, though. I need that 2020 vision. I got to mm-hmm. have it. Everybody's been referencing yeah. that 2020. I got to yeah. have it. That 2020 for to be big. Ooh-wee, 2020. <laughs> yeah. I got to have it. Uh, but that's really what I'm focused on right now. Um, 
Yeah, just finishing those projects, man. They will be in final proof and revision yeah. by the conclusion of this year. You can bet on that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, there's a theme going on with uh, creatives now, yeah. touring, right? Yeah. And without, <laughs> without it being known, uh, without me even just recognizing it, um, although I was in one city and I yeah. did four episodes, I went from Houston to L.A. to do the podcast, right? And I said when I went to uh, DMs, I was – passing out the latest episode and I was like last leg of my tour last leg of my tour yeah. how was the touring for you been you know man I know this sounds cliche but it's been absolutely phenomenal man mm. so I've been on a eight or uh, let's see nine city book tour okay um and they've all been so different I've never told the same stories at the book tours uh, we started in Washington, D.C. They've been okay. different cities, uh, different locations. We did Washington, D.C., Boston in a coffee shop. Okay. Um, we did uh, Atlanta at at my friend's uh, eatery, a bar and eatery. Um, gosh, we're doing San Francisco next week. Houston had to bring it home to the H-Town. We did that at a great place, uh, Poynton uh, Kitchen over in Sawyer Heights. Okay. Uh, Dallas was phenomenal. Shout out to uh, Spud. We did it on the rooftop of his condo, mm. which was absolutely amazing. Uh, Las Vegas was great. Austin mm. was amazing. I mean, they've all been so different, different locations, different people. The message was different. But the one connecting thread is the connectivity. You know, my parents were at the Dallas one, uh, and I was just so happy to have them there. Uh, because, like I said, my father is an author, but just to see things come full circle, and they've sacrificed so much for me, it was really, even though I'm from Houston, I felt like that was a homecoming as well. Mm -hmm. The reception has been so great, but I, I've I've just loved, I, I've loved being able to connect with people and seeing random people walk up and say, I don't know why I was here, but I was here, and this message, I, I needed this. Just and it's happened in every single city we've been in, man. Mm -hmm. People just walking up, hey, can I connect with you? Can, can we can we sit and talk? Can we chat? Can I can we exchange Instagrams? You know, um, and just people just want to know how can I write a book? How can I follow mm -hmm. my passions? So to be able to share that, you know, it's it's never been about selling of the books for me. Um, it's about connecting to people and yeah. showing helping show people the way how yeah. they can be great. So let's take it there. <clears throat> And this is something that my wife gave me that I should that I should start incorporating into yeah. the podcast. There's a you, you mentioned your uh, mentees. One of your mentees wakes up one morning and is like, "Hey, uh, uh, Pierre, I don't know how he refers to yeah. you, but he's like, Pierre, I um, want to write a book, mm -hmm. and I want to become a, a published author like mm -hmm. you. How and where are you going to tell him to start?" So, everyone that has asked me that question, I tell them the same thing. Or I ask them a question. I ask why. Um, and I always ask why because you want to make sure that your reasons why align with the what. You know, that's a famous phrase in sales. They say people buy from people who they like and there's a reason why. You buy from people who you can connect with, who you understand. And so I always encourage people, whatever you want to do, whatever your passion project is, figure out what's the why behind that. Because if it's just to get famous and to get rich... That's not that's not sustainable because you have famous and rich people who are not happy. You have to find that intrinsic reason as to why you're pursuing whatever you're pursuing. And if you have that why, and it is I want to be an author, I want to be published, then it's kind of like what I said yesterday is you have to start. 
every single marathon, and I mean every marathon to ever be a marathon that has a finish line, we often look at that 26.2 miles or 26.1 miles, however long it is, and we say, man, that is absolutely phenomenal. Boston Marathon, New York City Marathon, Houston Marathon, that's phenomenal. But the one thing they have in common is every marathon starts with one step. Every person that will cross that finish line, they had to take that first step. So I tell everyone, if you want to write a book, write down your first sentence. Write mm. down your first your first title, mm. your first chapter. Write down your, your first purpose for the book. Write down your audience. You have to start with that first step. And once you start with that first step, mix that with inspiration. When you feel inspired, operate in the inspiration, you can't lose. I can't lose. You can't lose. That's my advice. Jesus, man. Um, like I, damn. Yo, okay. So um, I think I'm at a point where I, I'd like to hear you read something from the book. Yeah. If you give us just, it ain't even got to be. Just a nugget. Before you read that, um, you have a, a, a chapter in the book called What If Versus What Is. I'm already there. See, <laughs> look, man, come on. That, see that energy, man? You got hey, that energy is serious, man. I'm already there, man. Look, I'm in the mix right now. I said, you know what? I know exactly where I'm going. Off the top. Um, and the gist of it is um that I got from it, and yeah. just correct me if I'm wrong, is um letting letting go of that um what if. You know what I'm saying? A lot like you said in the book, and I think I'm I've really feel I'm finna quote you on this. You say that a lot of people spend a lot of times trying to change what they can't change. Right. Right. Are there any what ifs of this book that you have that you uh, you see now and you're just like, mm, maybe I could have done that better? I, I, I can honestly say I don't have any what ifs about the book. Okay. Um, because I didn't do it outside of inspiration. You know, I've gotten a, a ton of positive feedback from the book, but I distinctly remember one person that gave terrible feedback yeah. about the book. And because I am an artist, that was a little sting. Yeah. A little sting. Um, but I looked at it and I said, I appreciate that more than you know. Because if everyone liked it, then I can't continue to grow. Tell me what didn't you like about it. And then as we began to talk, she said, well, I think you could have added this. I said, that's a great idea. I'll make sure I add a component of that in my next book. So for me, I don't have any what ifs with the book. I have zero. There's a chapter called No Regrets, by the mm -hmm. way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have zero regrets with the book. Um, I mean, none. Okay. None. I wouldn't have expected you to because the book led on to just being satisfied. Well, that chapter rather led on yeah. to just being satisfied with what was and yeah. just move on to yeah. what is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So so before I read this, and it's funny that you actually said, brought that chapter, because that's exactly where I was going. That's <laughs> Look, exactly where I was I think yeah. we were synced about we it, synced, man. <laughs> you know, I tell people all the time uh, when they say, so do we just forget the past? And the answer is no. You don't forget the past. You learn from the past. You apply it to the present and you forge a better future. Yeah. So the what if is important. But it's how you deal with the what if that mm. determines again that legacy that you leave. Mm. So a quick a quick little excerpt yeah, right just, here. Just a, just quick, man. It ain't got to be long. Hold nah, on, let me see yeah. if I can follow you in the book I have myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm right. Hold on. What if I'm right here? Yeah. Boom. Okay. All right. What if versus what is? So here you go, people. Here you go. So it's amazing how two letters alone can be the difference between living in the past, 
thriving in the present, or excelling in the future. Because we desire to be great, it is almost a natural inclination to delve into our past and harp on how our past mistakes, if not committed, could have bettered our present outcome. However, what we fail to realize is that if we take the same time, energy, and years that we spend dwelling on what we can't change, the what-ifs, we and transfer that energy to what we can control, the what-is, we will surpass our current progress as well as overcome any failures we may have had. It is because of this I will get, dedicate this chapter to the things that occur in life while transferring the focus from the what-if to the what-is. Are you ready? Let's go. I think after this podcast, when I get done um, um, putting it, by the way, it'll be out uh, October the 8th. Yeah. 2019 at uh, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'm going to go back and start from page one to preface everything. Uh, I, like, I mean, I just am honored to sit here with you. I'm honored to uh, have to know you. Yeah, man. You know like man. For it not to be an awkward thing, like a funny story. I'm always watching out for creatives yeah. because I think that's my whole, the first podcast I did, we had a direction, but I don't think it was really a direction that I could really stand on. Yeah. Like I can, without a shadow of a doubt, you asked me what the next, what what's next podcast and over the course period, I think it was episode number 27 that I really started saying, um, it's the number one platform where artists, where creators come on and share their story and give us a depiction of their visions. Yeah. It wasn't until my brother had, had hit me. He was like, hey, man, it's not clear initially. And we went back and forth. I told my wife, and she was like, you're, you're refuting everything. Yeah. You got to you gotta open up. You yeah. got to just take the criticism and see how it applies to you. But um, just the aspect of uh, just the create, like, I forgot where I was going with the point, man. But I think that just, just you being here, um, reading the book, just knowing that you wrote a book for me, man, it just it's one of those things where I'm just like, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I wow. am too. I, I still, I mean, it hasn't. It hit. It hits home sometimes. But there are days that I wake up and forget that I've written a book. Yeah. Uh, and that I'm technically an author. Yeah. Um, no, you are. Yeah, I am. Okay. Uh, and it's been, it, it's been amazing, man, because the story can help. The yeah. stories can help. Someone, I mean, there's stuff about love, love lost. There's my, I wrote about my grandfather who passed away, uh, and 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 you know, not saying what needs to be said when it mm -hmm. should be said, and having those regrets, mm -hmm. but being able to write and share that story with people that you know, I'm just like everyone else. I've been in those times where I didn't say what I needed to say, and mm -hmm. now I had the regret, so I had to say it once he's gone. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's just been it's it's been an amazing journey, and there's more to come. Yeah. Um, so what genre would you classify uh, yourself in? You know, by definition, uh, Freezing Press puts it in self-help. Mm -hmm. Um, I created a, a new genre myself and mm -hmm. I call it self-thought, uh, because it is reflection on yourself where you've been mm -hmm. again with it, with the purpose to uh, lead to for to make a better present and forge a better future. Um, I'm a big believer in you can literally, and I, I said this in the book, uh, you can do whatever you want to do. And when some people, I had a guy who was sarcastic, he said, well, well, you can't fly. I said, yes, I can. I'll purchase the next flight and hop on the next plane. I can yeah. fly. Yeah. So we can do whatever we want to do if we have the drive, the direction, the hunger, and the passion to stick with what we're doing 
mm. if you have the right why. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. The What's Next podcast is all about bringing the creatives out, um, getting their stories, them depicting us, their vision. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, the last question I'll ask is what's next? So yeah. what is next for you? Yeah. You know, I had a, um, at the Boston book signing, a random gentleman who, who was just listening in, he happened to be there. Uh, I could tell that he was someone. Mm. Um, after I, at these book signs, I, I meet the people, rub elbows, kiss babies, and then I speak about the book. And then I, you know, hang with the people. I sign books, take pictures. Um, so after I spoke about the book, this gentleman, he walked up to me and he introduced himself. And he said, um, you know, I was randomly here because I just finished a talk over at MIT. Um, and I said, wait, you just finished a talk at MIT? That's absolutely amazing. And he said, but I'm glad I, I, I was here. I was meant to be here. And he looked at me and he said, I'm going to give you a scary challenge. He said, there's going to come a day when you're going to have to leave the corporate world and the universe will demand that you do this full time because the world needs it. I said, man, I, I appreciate that. And he said, you're going to be scared now to do it because we're all afraid of stepping out sometimes. And he said, even your book talks about seeing those fears, facing them like the Phoenix. He said, one day you're going to have to die to even your own fears. You're going to have to rise and become what you were meant to be. Um, and I can tell you that I don't know when that is, but that's next. The guy ended up being, he's on the TED Talk series, uh, circuit. He's a big cheese. Uh, I won't say his name because I don't know if he wants me to, but he's a big cheese on TED Talk. And he said one day he wants me on there with him. Um, so that is what's next for me. Um, and there's a quote in the book that I love. It says, look how far you've come from the point that you thought was the end. That's what I believe, what mm. it's like sometimes stepping outside of your comfort zone and, and dying to your fears like the Phoenix and then having to rise and see that you became better, you became stronger, you became who you were meant to become. You'll be able to look back and say, wow, it's been a great journey. Mm. That's what's next for me. Okay. Um, man, I, I, I have people come on a podcast, man, and yeah. I, what I like to do is I like to give this exclusive black SVI t-shirt that I make only for people that come on the podcast as a token of my appreciation for you being here, man. Man, I appreciate and that. I just want to give it to you, man. I appreciate it. I know when you wear that shirt, every yeah. time I see that shirt, it reminds me of the great episode that I did with that individual. Yeah. So I appreciate your time, man. I appreciate you being here. Hey, man, I bought the book. Um... I'd buy another one for you to sign it. I will sign it right now, man. Listen, listen I got nothing but ink in the pen. I'm ready. <laughs> I got nothing but ink in the pen, man. Yeah, man. Hey, Houston, Texas, I do what I do for myself to prove I can do it for others. Peace and blessings. Love y'all. Yo, I feel like 95, Sachi on my body Biggie, chicken, puffy, all that ballin' is a hobby And I'm wildin' in my wallies, and them valleys, no Pilates More way, get you more wet, nah, that's these Bumanti My crystal ball, I see crystal, I crystal y'all with that I saw the sign like Ace of Spades, that Ace of Spades get cracked We like, cheers to the money guys, the willy niggas Who buy 
bottom bottles And then they spill these liquors Yo, yo, salute my dude I see you, dog. Five bottles, one dick Why I need some rubs? I know I'm out of line But love is shower time You know it rose a rain When your cloud is nine Get off that high-ass hussy This a private party Been on my dick too long Your breath on private party You gon' be nice and naughty These walls on priceless Audi This the upper crust, fuck us up Over, 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 over